0: dot Episode
1: 565 <laughs> Warning Access restricted. Please submit to DNA verification. Processing Verification complete. Access granted. Welcome. <laughs>
0: Hello and welcome back to the Monitor Room at the Christian Geek Central podcast, a biblical examination and celebration of geekery and geek entertainment, as well as the official podcast of ChristianGeekCentral.com. I'm Peter Franson from Spirit Blade Productions, producing entertainment and resources to hopefully equip, encourage, and inspire Christian geeks like you and me to live in the freedom and purpose that Christ has given us. For more information about Spirit Blade Productions, you can check out SpiritBlade.com or Patreon.com. Spirit Blade Productions. Okay, well, (laughs) thank you for your patience, guys. Uh, As you may know, unless you're uh, catching up with this uh, episode later, Um, there was no episode of the podcast last week because my computer decided to die on me on uh, last Thursday morning, and uh, it was really just the hard drive that had to be replaced. Uh, But that did require it to be in the shop for uh, just over a week, and... I did get a little, just a minor upgrade to the hard drive while I was at it, and uh, I was happy to hear from the technicians that everything else in my computer looks great, and is not the kind of stuff that wears out over time. As long as it's meeting my needs, then uh, you know I yeah, I'm, I'm good to go. And I really try to steward uh, my resources well, and you know, clean out and dust out dust out my uh, PC and take good care of it as best I can. And so. Uh, I have every reason to think that uh, we won't have another hiccup like this for a good while. So, uh, and all things considered, um, it could have been a whole lot worse. Usually when I have to update software, or replace software, um, or anything technical that has to do with my computer, then one thing just exposes some other thing that needs to be fixed or updated or changed, and I lose basic functionality of things I take for granted, and. Oh, and it just becomes really, really frustrating. This was really not that experience. The, t- the toughest thing was just trying to figure out how can I be productive um, while I do not have my computer all week. There was, uh, after a little bit of doing, a number of things that I could... Uh, do on my wife's uh, laptop, which is rickety in its own right, and is, I mean, has a cracked screen and doesn't even close anymore, and uh, it's really on its last legs. Uh, But uh, my family was understanding in allowing me to appropriate that in my office all week, so I was able to get a few things done and might have even been able to squeeze out a podcast. I had a plan for it. I downloaded some basic software for that and was ready to kind of record on my phone instead of using my microphone, and uh and a- as of this recording, and there's still things I haven't you know gotten up and running again, like my uh my webcam, I need to reinstall the software for that, but uh so far, all the reinstallation I've had to do has gone very well. My audio software oof man. <laughs> I thought I was going to be in big trouble because it, uh, it didn't, it didn't exist anymore. (laughs) If you go to the website for Sonar, it's, uh, it's been bought by BandLab. I mean, like just a couple years after, a few years after I uh, bought the last version of Sonar that I upgraded to back in 2013, they closed down and, and I was blissfully unaware because everything was working fine for me, but, uh, Suddenly, I find that in 2017, they... Uh, well, 2016, they shut down. 2017, they were, like, purchased or something like... Or 2016, they were purchased. I don't know. Whatever it is. Here's the bottom line. the ban- They were purchased by uh, Gibson, who's got this line of software called BandLab. And this is going somewhere that might be relevant to you. If you're into podcasting and stuff like that, or if you're interested in doing any kind of creative stuff that has to do with audio, you can basically now get the um, The audio software that i 've been working with for years um, for to do my audio dramas and stuff like that, in fact, I suspect it 's an upgraded version with more features than the one I originally had. You can get it for free now uh, as part of their whole band lab initiative which they 're trying it 's something to try to encourage creators to c- uh, collaborate with each other and stuff like that now i 'm a hermit creator, so that that doesn 't mean anything to me but as part of that initiative, they are making this new updated version. Um, that they are just calling CakeWalk by BandLab, CakeWalk by BandLab, um, and uh, and it's completely free. Uh, so I And and it reads all of my old files And it does, you know, so far Just the little bit that I've gotten into it Seems to have all the features and probably more That I'm used to working with And uh, is very much the same as what I've been working with So anyway, if you're interested in doing anything You know, creative Be it audio drama or podcasting You know, or music or whatever And uh, you want some good software That at least I've been happy with over the years You can get Cakewalk by BandLab for free, as has been the case for a few years now. But uh, anyway, um, yeah, I, I I couldn't get an updated version. I'd lost the the keys, the whatever you call the the license key for. You know, my life is just a mess. <laughs> so, but this time, uh, God gave me grace and uh, worked things out for my immediate good, instead of just my ultimate good, as He promises. Um, anyway. So, uh, if you're hearing this, it means that I was at least able to do all the procedural things that I usually need to do in order to get a podcast up. Um, So, on the show today, as we get into it, a review of the movie Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, which I recorded with my iPhone uh, last week. Um, And so, but haven't, you know, I put it up on the YouTube channel today, and now you guys are getting it today. But anyway. um, And then also some news and highlights from the Christian Geek Radar Plus uh a new part of our weekly news and updates segment that might interest those of you with weight loss goals all right here we go okay kiddo pop quiz time best movie franchise the terminator Hmm, not even close the matrix best tv show star trek star what farscape you have to know that it's farscape you're not even my son. Unless you're not my son. I don't like your voice. It irritates me. Hey, hey, wait. Let's make another call. No, please. And another, and another, and another. You are very messy. (laughs) Okay, okay. Bye bye Scary stories to tell in the dark. First, I have to apologize. Um, I'm recording just using my phone right now because my computer decided not to start yesterday morning, so it is in the shop. I'm hoping to get it back soon. Uh, but that will explain why content maybe you 've noticed for me has been late or missing for who knows how long uh, by the time this video gets up. but anyway, trying to stay productive, so i 'm doing this for now. I hope you will forgive the change in the the quality anyway. Um, what did I say? I said, oh yeah, synopsis i got my lap, my wife 's laptop down here, so i 'm sorry i 'll try not to be looking up and down. Uh, but I'm going to do that anyway. Um, it's 1968 in America. Oh, this is the synopsis from IMDb, by the way. It's 1968 in America. Changes blowing in the wind, but seemingly far removed from the unrest in the cities is the small town of Mill Valley, where for generations, the shadow of the Bellows family has loomed large. It is in their mansion on the edge of town that Sarah, a young girl with horrible secrets, turned her tortured life into a series of scary stories written in a book that has transcended time. Stories that have a way of becoming all too real for a group of teenagers who discover Sarah's terrifying tome. All right, so let's talk about the the basic uh, vibe of this beast and what this thing is. It's based on, um, as many of you may know, the Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark anthology series of books. The writer-author team escapes me at the moment, but anyway, this ditches the anthology format of those books and basically hangs four to six arguably scary stories uh, on a beefed up skeleton of a story that the that the individual haunts and curses and killings and stuff all hang on. Um, I really would have preferred much more of an anthology kind of style like the the old twilight zone movie or I'm trying to think of like maybe amazing stories was that a miniseries i can't remember but anyway um you know just like give us a few uh brief scenes showing people telling stories around a campfire and then cut away and give the beef of your time as much time as possible to fleshing out you know maybe Four to six, you could do six probably uh, scary stories, each in a, with a totally different setting, totally different characters, and give each of those about fifteen to twenty minutes. And I mean, with commercials and you know factored in, that's how long uh, a lot of you know thirty-minute sitcoms and other types of shows were uh, for years. And so I think you can do a lot actually with fifteen to twenty minutes. Um, and I really wish they would have gone that route. I found that the teenagers were not very interesting or fleshed out to me compared to you know like. the movie Super 8 or more recently It Chapter 1. Um, I, I really like my protagonists to uh, have character motivations fleshed out so that I can feel for them, then, then it makes their impending doom uh, that much more intense for me because I invested, I care about them, I want them to live because there's some kind of a thing in their lives that they want to experience, they want to bring about, they want to do. There's some kind of arc that the that that, that is proposed that makes me as a viewer want to see them reach that fulfillment, and so when their life is cut short it makes it all the more you know intense for me but when you don't do that then I'm just like you know it becomes kind of generic teen slasher flick I mean that's not the style of this movie it's not a slasher flick but you know what I mean it's just like just it's just people getting picked off you know and you don't really care and and I want to care a lot more than I did for this movie oh no did my notes just like totally oh my gosh um so while I'm trying to get my wife's laptop working again can we please um what what else can I say about the story (laughs) this is uncut Dang it. I'm not stopping. Um, let me put in the password again. Oh my gosh. This has just been terrible. Um, I've actually been dealing with it emotionally a little bit better than, than last time. There it is. All right. My notes are back up. Jeez. Uh, we all survived that together, didn't we? Um, oh yeah. You've got this backdrop of the, you know, it's the 1960s and it's the backdrop of um, the Nixon's election and which is kind of a weird thing to... Like, I don't know if they're playing up a theme at all of, like, the draft. The draft is a is a main part of one of the characters' kind of backstories. One of the few that is fleshed out just a little bit, you know. And, uh, I just, it wasn't doing anything for me, you know, to have this theme of Nixon's election and the draft and the Vietnam War part of the background. I'm like, this, uh, why are you giving any time to this? They didn't give a ton of time to it, but precious seconds, precious seconds, you know, that could have been given to uh, a more of an anthology kind of thing with more fleshed out stories and stuff. Um, And uh, let's see here, the characters and the story were also structured and presented in a way that by the last 20 minutes of the movie, I knew who was gonna survive, and I hate that. I hate being able to tell. It's like, oh yeah, they're doing this. Just just when you see enough movies or read enough stories or whatever, you just kind of, at least for me, I end up, you know, on a meta level, my thoughts intrude on the story, and I'm like, well, they're gonna live because A, B, and C, you know, has to happen, you know, so or they clearly want me to feel this and desire this, and so and it's very few movies that subvert those expectations, and this one did not, so that was a bummer. The actor performances, um, I thought were all fine, but there there weren't any standout performances to me. Young actors usually means uh, young and less skilled performers, so I often struggle to connect with protagonists that are, you know, this age or younger, and if the script makes them unrealistically brave or psychologically intact in ways that I don't think they would be or should be given their circumstances, and that was a case, you know, going on in in this movie as well, then I check out even more when their performances kind of follow suit and also maybe just don't feel quite as realistic as as they should, you know. Um, Now, how much the actors could have added, how much subtext they would have been permitted, you know, a lot of this could have been direction, so I don't know, but ultimately that that com- that come final result of the performances is a combination of what the actors are doing, what the director wants them to do, and what the editor chooses alongside the director in the end, and then you've also got the sp- script to begin with, so it's hard to know exactly, you know, what's uh, what's the cause there, but anyway, I, I didn't connect with the performances for one reason or another. Um, as far as the visuals and how they basically, how this movie looks, um, the hauntings and the deaths were easily the best part of the experience for me. They took direct ins- direct inspiration visually from the art style and the design of creatures and ghosts and monsters from the original books and I think that really helped the experience a lot for me in a big way because th- those are some disturbing just Google some images from the original Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark Book those are disturbing like weird ink pencil. I don't know what the style was but it's, uh, it's, it, it is disturbing to look at. Um, the Shooting style also did what it needed to do in order to really keep me engaged. You know, it used all the right tricks that, you know, even though I was kind of aware, oh, they're doing this trick, you know, I was like, well, they could go this way with the trick or that way with the trick. There's just enough difference in how these kinds of things are shot that I was, you know, still kind of in suspense, you know, in the moments that I should have been in suspense. And so, uh, and that's even, you know, feeling pretty confident that such and such character was going to die, you know. Um, The climactic sequence, however, um, was, you know, already hurt by the script. And it was deflated even more for me by the use of a very CGI looking creature at the end, especially the creature's face. Uh, facial animations just almost always look cartoony for me, even when they are cutting edge. Part of that's just because, as some of you know already, my eyes are cursed to pick out CG when it is happening, especially if it is mimicking something biological or some kind of living thing you know and so when you do a humanoid face and its facial movements it's even just its eye movements or whatever And this one was doing all kinds of facial expressions and stuff i was just like oh man it just totally took me out of it and uh, i really wish they would have just used somebody in makeup at least for the face and then do cgi with whatever else they want but you know when when they're trying to scare me with the face then let an actor do that you know um or you know some kind of half and half technique i don't know anyway as far as like themes is there anything of moral philosophical or spiritual significance going on. Let me me make sure my phone doesn't fall asleep. Um, In this story that might stimulate some worthwhile thought or conversation. And uh, I think maybe there's arguably a theme about not blaming yourself for tragedies that you are not actually responsible for. But the stronger theme to me seemed to be, uh, could be stated as this. Don't let being a victim turn you into a monster. Um, This is a most strongly stated really at the climax of the movie. And I think it's important for us to remember, you know, as geeks, you know, many of us have been misunderstood or even been victims at some point in our lives that, that has left a mark on us. And sometimes those scars can make it easy for us to uh, feel angry or to have just an ongoing undercurrent of bitterness toward life and the world, you know, and, and, uh, and, so, and, and that can make us feel entitled to kind of mistreat other people. You know, my life is crap, so, you know, they need a taste of it, too. You know, everybody needs to understand me better. And I can bring that about by making their lives, you know, a little bit crappy today. You know, we may not, you know, actually bring those specific thoughts fully fleshed out to mind, but it's surprising how that kind of thought uh, almost on a subconscious level can drive the things that we do, the way that we interact with other people. Um, And so I think it's it's important when we're angry to ask ourselves, okay, why am I angry right now? Um, and how is my anger influencing my choices or my, my interactions with people right now and then to really seek out um, real helpful conversations and interactions with the right kinds of people that can surround us and love us you know and support us so that we can work through those things instead of allowing them to sabotage basically our ability to have good healthy relationships loving relationships and friendships you know with uh, with other people so uh, as Sarah points out at the end of the movie. When people, do, uh, when people do wrong to us, that's on them. But if we do wrong to others in response uh, to being hurt, that's all on us. Um, let's see here. I have no idea what your tastes are in movies, but if I were a time traveler, I'd go back in time and say, <clears throat> Peter." Oh man, skip this one. Um, the haunting and death sequences are cool and intense, but not enough to make the rest of it worth sitting through for you. But hey, jump on Amazon.com, see what a you know collection uh, of the, those original anthology books uh, is going for these days. That's been on your bucket list to put on your bookshelf, and you know maybe now's the time. This movie will kind of uh, remind you of that. It's rated PG-13 for terror slash violence, disturbing images, thematic elements, language including racial epithets, and brief. Sexual references. Right now, I'd like to take some time th- to write a tune for pre-made rah. I'm the lyrics, kind of never change, but the melody. Bum 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 gets rearranged. I'll never know what I'll create to say how much I appreciate barbells and joysticks. Lee Stefan Kramick, and Winston, Crutchfield. Thank you for supporting me and SVP and CGC. And now to all who hear this, to thank you as well. And we can come back soon. Wanna hear your name in song then check out our page on Patreon I want to remind you guys to check out the other members of the Christian Geek Central Network such as the Strangers and Aliens podcast, the Theology Gaming podcast, the Untold podcast, P O S T O S Helix Reviews, and the Retro Rewind podcast for more information about the CGC network visit ChristianGeekCentral.com
1: Data collection complete. Activating using
0: net 1.0. This week at youtube.com/slash Christian Geek Central. Uh, if you're Curious about uh, what I was thinking and feeling, and uh, what I, what updates I was giving in the thick of all the computer stuff, and you you missed it the first time. I did post a video, uh, just explaining the status of my broken computer last week, and that's up on YouTube. Um, and then also I posted the next part, or was it the first part or the second part? I can't remember. It's it's an installment of my games I want to love livestream 2019, and this time around I'm trying to love Witcher three. Oh yeah, it's it's at least part two because I've At least one up before there was where I played some Witcher 3. Uh, But a little more Witcher 3. I'm also trying to enjoy Dragon's Dogma and Rainbow Moon. And there are timestamps with that video if you want to jump around to the game or games that interest you the most. Also, by now, you should be able to see my scary stories to tell in the dark. Uh, uncut review up on the YouTube channel. And finally, last night I posted a video called Christian Response to The Boys Episode 5 Good for the Soul. Uh, after I posted my uncut review of the first season of The Boys on Amazon Prime, um, a number of you guys s- expressed interest in hearing my more detailed thoughts about this specific episode of the season that was really, uh, you know, a, 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 intended or not, a 50-minute or 40-minute or however long the episode... Well, I guess each episode is about an hour long. Uh, Criticism of Christianity, or at least Christian culture of some kind or some form of Christianity. I don't know. I I have a lot of questions about it still. But uh, I took a lot of notes while I was watching that episode, thinking that they might be useful later. And, uh, yeah, I created a video that ends up having a 50-minute runtime. And uh, there's a a lot in there to talk about. And already I've been getting just a great response from people. Even one person commented that said, you know, I'm I'm not planning on watching the show, but the stuff that's covered in your video is the kind of objections that are brought up all kinds of places in mainstream entertainment media. And so these are very old and tired out objections to Christianity. Um, And uh, really what I'm trying to do with this video is respond to them, um, but also try to have myself and in the process model a heart of love for the people that might be posing these objections, you know, and how we can potentially meet them where they're at. So anyway, uh, that's hopefully whether or not you are interested in The Boys will be um, a a worthwhile video for you to check out. As I mentioned early on in that video, though, uh, I did not take time to, you know, which it would just taken a lot of meticulous effort To edit out the um, the, the rough language from the show I, I just kind of make the assumption that Most people, uh, if they want to watch That commentary, are either going to be Okay with the rough language, or they've already watched The boys, and so they've, you know, obviously You know, were able to stomach the rough language That way or whatever um, But anyway, that's uh, one of, you know Multiple reasons I ended up not putting the Audio version of this content on the podcast It's also 50 minutes, which has A long run time, there are also some clips that I feature in the video that have visual storytelling that, like, wouldn't translate and you wouldn't know the context of my comments um, if you were just listening to it. So uh, I am not going to be sharing the audio for that, but uh, you are welcome and encouraged to check it out on the... uh the YouTube channel at youtube.com slash Christian Geek Central if you think you can stomach that uh, that rough language um, let's see um, I, did, I did not have time to do uh, the Christian Geekly News this week uh, I just had other stuff going on also didn't have time to you know prepare an In Search of Truth this week so I'm a little bit bummed about that but there is something new I'm going to be sharing with you guys and that's the Weekly waistline uh, first off 1 Corinthians 9 verses 25-27 through 27 in the ESV that verse uh, those those verses have been on my uh uh verses to memorize list the last number of years I've had them memorized at different times and then forgotten again and so I need to rememorize them but anyway they've been very um relevant to me and uh, some of the things that I think about as someone who teaches other Christians kind of as part of their occupation these words are convicting and focusing for me But since we all should be teaching other Christians in various ways, sometimes that's gonna mean like uh, kids that you interact with in uh, your your church community, or just all kinds of subtle ways that we don't think of as like teaching because it's not formal teaching. But we really are trying to exemplify and teach others, you know, all the time in this, you know, in uh, in lesser or greater ways. So these verses really are for all of us, and Paul is talking about setting aside the things he knows. He is entitled to for the sake of serving others and living intentionally for god every moment uh, since i tend to feel entitled so often to the things i enjoy and because I also want to have a body that can have energy and good functionality to serve God as long as it can, I'm taking on some fitness goals that I'm going to be sharing with you guys each week, starting now, to help keep me accountable, and in hopes that you know maybe something good in all of this will benefit you guys. Uh, as geeks, we are generally not the most physically active people, and that can come with some real downsides in the long term that keep us from functioning in this world the way god wants us to you know we can have a lack of energy we have greater health risks and even sometimes we can become a burden to other people in various social situations Uh, and i want to move in the opposite direction of those uh, potential trends having a body with lots of energy to give and uh, as long a lifespan serving my family and other people as god wants for me Um, There is some vanity and selfishness in the mix. I have to confess and acknowledge that. But I'm hoping that this will be something more and more motivated by the right things for both me and my wife, Holly, who is actually doing this with me. She and I are making a game and a light competition out of this. I'm aiming to lose six inches from my waistline, and when I achieve that goal... I will be awarded $500 in fun money from our budget, which we have already begun saving up for. Um, I've already been saving for years for an upcoming next-gen console and will probably use this, uh, hopefully extra money to upgrade my, maybe my TV or add a small speaker system to my video game setup in my office and, and kind of give, you know, myself, uh, something closer to a, a, a dream setup, you know, and, uh, so I think that, that is going to be some fun motivation for me. Holly is aiming to lose four inches for which she will be av- awarded, I want to say $320, whatever it is we... Um, we we did the, the math and the ratio or whatever. Like, I'm lo- trying to lose six. I'm gaining 500. I'm, I will uh, get $500. She's going to lose four. And so she gets blah, blah, blah. And I think the math worked out to like 320. Anyway, um, the light competition between us comes in the form of a $50 bonus to whichever one of us gets to their goal first. Now, yes, she has a head start, but I'm told... Uh, and I assume she 's not just <laughs> lying to me to win the competition i 'm um, told by my wife that women generally have a harder time losing inches from their waist compared to men, uh, and it, it also gives me some extra motivation to just kind of get my butt in gear, which I really need to do uh, each week i 'm going to be sharing my current waistline measurement along with my goal measurement. My wife will not be sharing her measurements, um, but i uh, she will be allowing me to share how many inches she has lost or gained compared to her goal Uh, i'll also share thoughts along the way about the dietary choices i've been making good or bad and what that experience has been uh, like for me Um, i had intended to start this report last week but you know i had those computer issues i mentioned earlier that prevented an episode from being produced but uh, so anyway our starting points when holly and i made this agreement were uh, for holly what we'll call goal plus four inches as her starting point Um, And then uh, for me, it was 42 inches with a goal of 36 inches Uh, We had dinner with family this week, and I didn't go nuts But I also didn't hold back as much as I wanted to, you know It wasn't a controlled environment, we weren't making the food, you know It was just lots, it was like good barbecue ribs or whatever Um, so I didn't hold back as much as I had intended to I am gonna see if I can drink one less pepsi Or at least one less soda this week I always kind of like when I review a movie I get um a Coke to a big Coke to go because I have one of those loyalty cups that gets a cheap refill every time I go. And I get I'm part of their loyalty program. So I also get like a free medium popcorn for every movie ticket that I buy, you know. And so usually, you know, every time I review a movie, I I get one of those. And so I'm thinking maybe I'll um I'll maybe still get one of my allotted Pepsi's that I allow myself this week because I did not review a movie uh I didn't go see a movie, you know, I put the review up from last week's review that I did, but uh I don't know if I can make it through today, if I can make it through today, Um, but I think maybe going forward I'll, I'll try to get down to one Pepsi a week more often or maybe all the time whenever I get a Coke. To review a movie We'll see Oh man Um I've also really been Cutting meat out This week And going forward That's what I really Want to try and do Experimenting with some Organic vegetarian options Which That whole phrase Organic vegetarian Sounds disgusting to me But You know The things I've been Trying have been A lot better than I would have thought Um beans in all their variety are likely going to be a big part of my diet uh which works out nice for someone who likes spicy foods which i do so there are some uh mexican style things that uh, can be you know very bean centric uh, and i can just you know try to leave the dairy out of the equation um i've barely creeped when i measured on wednesday we're measuring every wednesday and then i report on uh, when i record the podcast on thursday or friday i've barely creeped below 42 inches which was my starting point like two eighths of an inch um but i'm not going to really report a real change until at least hitting a half inch increment so i'm still counting myself at 42 right now holly is already at plus three inches from her goal so she has a real head start ...and fewer inches to go, which means I really need to get serious. Uh, Holly and I have both been exercising regularly for years now, and that has certainly helped, but... ...we both recognize that to really go where we want to go, we can't just say yes to exercise. We need to say no to a number of foods and treats we enjoy. Learning to eat mostly for health and sustenance, rather than regularly eating and drinking for pleasure... And that's where this becomes really a spiritual discipline at some point, you know, learning to say no to myself when I so often say yes, Uh, keeping my eyes fixed on the purpose of my body in this life and making choices that serve that purpose and later experience the rewards for doing that. Again, as Paul says in 1 Corinthians nine twenty-five through 27 every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable. So I do not run aimlessly. I do not box as one beating the air, but I discipline my body and keep it under control, lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified." I almost had to memorize them. I just glanced down once or twice. Well, I'm, I'm going to be bringing that verse back, I think, every time for this segment. Anyway, I'm, I won't normally spend this much time on these weekly waistline updates. Uh, it's likely just going to be a quick measurement update, a quick reminder of the purpose in what we're doing, and some brief comments on how the week and my choices have been going. So you can stay tuned for an update on our weekly waistline next time. And once again, as a reminder, there's a ton of content rolling out all the time from Christian Geek Central, movie and video game reviews, uh, even recently... A board game review, ongoing in-depth Bible study with specific geek application, Christian geek industry news, gaming live streams, and a ton more. And for as little as $1 a month, you can help make sure all that content keeps going and growing in the future. And get yourself some exclusive content as well. I want to say again, I'm so grateful for the support of all our spirit blade insiders who have made it possible for me to continue in this work thank you so much you guys for more info visit patreon.com spirit blade productions
1: scanning for christian geeks subject located verifying status christian geek status verified begin data transmission
0: Welcome to the Christian Geek Radar, where I shine a spotlight on things that I think might be of particular interest online to uh, Christian geeks. Uh, this month, got a few things for you. First off, supersonicpodcomics.com is a re- recently launched uh, podcast fiction universe. It's basically. Superhero Audio Drama. Several different podcasts, all part of the same unified superhero universe. Uh, You can get acquainted with Supersonic Pod Comics by checking out Origin First Strike, which serves as an introduction to uh, the, the universe, the description for that story. Uh, reads, The first full-length chapter in the Supersonic Pod Comics universe, Origin First Strike, introduces the characters of the four upcom- upcoming ongoing series, The Mark, Sumo Girl, The Randoms, and Codename Name Superforce. When an object approaches the Earth from outside our solar system, the members of Codename Superforce are called upon to protect the world. No matter what the outcome, the lives of many people are about to be profoundly changed. Um... The let's see, that's that's kind of like the origin story. And then it's it's already launched into let's see, one, two, three, four more uh different podcasts that follow uh more individual characters. We've got the Mark number one, uh Sumo Girl number one, codename Super Force number one, and most recently the Randoms number one. All those available uh for free. You can check it out at Supersonic.com. Podcomics.com, and this is made by some of uh th- th- some Christian comic book creators. Like, uh, let me see if I get my story straight here. Who's behind this? Uh, Ben Avery, and oh, let's see, where's the deal here? I should have had this ready. Uh, Ben, ben Avery and J.S. Earls, who have both been involved in the creation of both uh, mainstream and Christian comic books over the years, and so they're bringing their expertise and their background to uh, to this project, which I think is a really cool idea. Anyway, as I said, you can get more information at supersonicpodcomics.com. Then on the video game front, Vertigo Games, the developer, uh, the Christian developers behind mainstream game Arizona Sunshine and a number of VR titles have put all of their games on sale with uh, PlayStation's big summer sale event going on right now. And uh, you can get like, you can save 65% on Arizona Sunshine um, from now until August 20th at uh, 8 a.m., which I assume is maybe Pacific time, I'm not sure. Probably should think in terms of August 19th, just to be safe. But uh, anyway, if you've been curious about Arizona Sunshine or any of Vertigo Games' VR games, uh, you can check them out on the PlayStation Store right now, and they uh, are are pretty nicely discounted. Uh, and now for some news from the world of Christian geek fiction publishing, let's turn it over to Adam David Collings.
2: This is the Christian Fantasy and Science Fiction Bulletin for July 2019, bringing you the latest news and releases of speculative fiction created by Christians. I'm Adam David Collins. Paul Regnier has released Paranormia. Chris Lowry is penniless and painfully geeky, so when the struggling illustrator makes a wish that grants him supernatural visions, the lines start to blur between his comics and reality. After he crosses paths with a protector who calls himself an angel, Christmas aside, decide if being a hero is worth the danger. This urban fantasy features an underdog hero and Regnia's signature humour. Lindsay A Franklin is releasing The Story Raider on the 23rd of July. This is book two in the Weaver trilogy. Deceiving an empire is a treacherous game. This series follows the adventures of Tanwin, who doesn't just tell stories. She weaves them into crystallised structures that sell for more than a few bits. Steve Razza has released The Echo Watch, book one in the Dominic Hale series. Dominic Zine is overwhelmed. And then he meets Nick, who looks just like him and can imitate him perfectly. Nick's here to help out. Wouldn't we all like a second version of us that can help out when we're busy? I could show sure you that today. But soon it becomes clear that his life is no longer his own. And Steve Raza has also released Strife's Cost, the sequel to Empire's Rift. This book is set in Kevin J. Anderson's Takamo universe, which is a sprawling space opera setting with alien races and lots of space battles. Does this man ever sleep? <laughs> ben Wolfe has released The Crimson Flame, book one in the Blood Mercenary series. This is a dark fantasy about Aaron and his band of mage, mercenary and assassin, on the trail of a cult that kidnapped his sister. Along the way, they'll unravel the ancient secret of the Crimson Flame. Christina Libianko has released The Guardians, Warrior Angels. Elsie thought angels and demons were only characters in fantastical stories, until she found herself in the midst of a war spanning millennia. Drawn into a mission to find a stolen religious artefact, she discovers how evil the dark can become. Kyle Robert Schultz has released Deadwood, The Return of Crockett and Crane. Monster hunter and part-time centaur, Todd Crane, didn't ask to be Sheriff of Deadwood. For one thing, he's never had an easy time staying on the right side of the law. For another, he's too busy trying to find a dangerous sorcerer who nearly destroyed the United States of Neverica. But he's the only one who can thwart the schemes of a powerful magical entity manipulating the town from the shadows. That's just like the
0: tip of the iceberg in terms of what Adam covers in the world of Christian geek fiction publishing. So if you want to get a whole bunch more insight into what's going on in that world, you can check out his uh, YouTube channel or visit adamdavidcollings.com. All right, that's it for the Christian Geek Radar this month. But there's actually a bunch of little announcements throughout the month that I'm always tweeting out there from uh, at Christian underscore geek. So be sure to follow us on Twitter if you want uh, a lot of other updates throughout the month. That's it for now. Thanks a lot. Feedback, feedback. Give me your thoughts on this podcast, Christian Geek Central, the YouTube channel, or anything else that we're doing. What should we keep or change or what's on your mind you'd like a potentially uninformed opinion on? We want to make this show and all of Christian Geek Central as fun and useful as we can, but we have to hear from you to do that. You can send an email or audio file recorded on your phone to p-a-e-t-e-r at spiritblade.com. And again, if you would like some help finding a good church in. In your area. I want to help you if I can. Online resources and communities are good supplements, but by nature, they cannot speak to your particular situation like relationships in a local church can. The context for almost everything in the New Testament assumes that we are serving and building purposeful relationships in a local church. Church. So whether you're in a church that lacks Bible-based intentionality or not attending any church at all, if I can help you get connected to an authentic, compassionate, Bible-oriented church, I want to do that. You can email me at p-a-e-t-e-r at spiritblade.com, and we can try to look at some websites of churches in your area together. Um, I want to, this week, just put out an extra thank you to all of you guys who... uh, have been praying for me while my computer was just in the shop and who have expressed words of encouragement and commitment to prayer for me and just any kind of words of support um thank you so much um for those of you that expressed that and those of you who didn't but were praying for me in the in the midst of this it uh, you know, um, God is doing a work in my heart, I think, because three years ago, I this would have been a very different experience for me. And it just didn't, not It was it wasn't a blow and a stress inducer for me. You know, it was much more of a situation where I was like, okay, well, you know, God, you've been trying to teach me for years to keep a loose grip on the steering wheel in the big picture. You know, my ministry has changed so much over the course of the years in terms of what the focus is and what kinds of things I'm doing and week to week you've been, uh, moving me more and more to just keep a loose grip on that wheel. And, uh, and I feel like that work that he's been doing in my heart over the years, um, was kind of tested and shown to, uh, have made some real progress this week. So... Uh, thank you guys for your uh, prayer and your support in uh, in all of that um, stay tuned after the credits for DS9 shawarma with Matt McKinney of POSTOS. we're getting to the end of that series or jump back to episode 400 if you want to start from the beginning as a reminder you can find episodes 0 through 500 of this podcast archived as the Spirit Blade Underground podcast at spiritblade.com next week if God allows it um, I'm really not sure um I have no idea I'm just I'm just now getting back on track I mean I'm thinking maybe some gamescom news reactions if there's anything worth reacting to maybe another installment of essential issues I don't know we'll see But till then, please consider supporting the work of Christian Geek Central and Spirit Blade Productions and earning some fun rewards by becoming a Spirit Blade insider of any subscription tier at patreon.com slash spiritbladeproductions. You can also help this work by leaving a a positive review anywhere you get the show. I'd be grateful for that. Thank you guys so much for making time for this show. I hope you have a great week. And My head is horizontal right now. I'm fighting off a burp and somehow turning my head horizontal. (laughs) helps but i do hope you have a great week and that you'll join me next time here on the christian geek central podcast as we continue to geek out and seek the truth
1: The Christian Geek Central Podcast is a community-supported endeavor of Spirit Blade Productions. This podcast is produced by Peter Fremson with support from the Christian Geek Central community at christiangeekcentral.com. For information about the latest entertainment and resources from Spirit Blade Productions, visit spiritblade.com. Thank you for listening. Something's coming through the
0: wormhole. The Dominion has endured for 2,000 years and will continue to endure long after the
2: Federation has crumbled into
0: dust. No!
2: Five years ago, no one had ever heard of Bajor or Deep Space Nine. And now, all our hopes rest here.
3: And that's penumbra, the beginning of the finale spin of the last seven or eight episodes. uh, what do you think overall, Kim? It's hard because this one's mostly set up
1: it, it wasn't bad as an individual episode. I feel like it's pretty weak, but then it's obviously part of a long chain, yeah, uh yeah, There's but, a lot of set up
3: here, but unlike a lot of the other ones, even in this arc, this one has no sense of completion to it whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I guess it's a little bit because the story begins when Worf has been declared lost and Ezri Dax goes on a crazy quest out of nowhere to go rescue him because the Defiant had to be turned away because of war business. And, and because she was prompted by uh,
1: voiceover memories from Jadzia Dax, which apparently greatly
3: angered Terry Farrell. And to be fair, they <laughs> used her voice and a picture of her. Uh, without her permission, which is why when we get to the finale and Worf is looking back on his time in Deep Space Nine, not a single one of those memories involves his wife, um, which is you know h- hilarious in its own way, but we'll get to that when we do the finale. But yeah, this is this is the point that, that, that caused that. Uh, so she goes and she finds him shockingly quickly, actually. Like, yeah, it's...
1: It's not even like she has some sort of weird inspiration. The very first tactic she tries works perfectly. And yet, despite the fact that the Defiant was looking for them for, I believe, two or three days.
3: And that would have been solved easily, just saying, we barely got there and we got chased off by the Dominion. They were happened to be going by. It's like, okay, I can understand, because no matter how valuable that one man is, he is one man, and you you are running an entire war effort here. So you understand, but no, they, didn't, they said, oh, we spent three days looking for him, and then she shows up, and in five minutes she spots him by, by going into the nebula where he was lost yeah. and drifting along. And that's
1: and basically what she does, is she tells the computer, okay, assume he got into a pod, predict his trajectory, and she follows to where the computer says he should have entered the Badlands, Parks her shuttle there, cuts the engines, and just drifts to where Wharf is. Uh,
3: yeah, so. Uh, and then the rest of it is bad rom-com theater, as they're fighting, they're bicker, bicker, bicker. Then they have to crash line on a planet, and bada bing, bada bang, they're joined at the hip in the dirty way. And
1: and this is something that I personally hate in fiction. I call it bicker, 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 screw.
3: It's pretty close to what they do, too. Yeah,
1: I I hate it when you see a couple... Whenever a man and a woman are just constantly arguing and butting heads and going at each other, I'm sitting there going, oh, please don't end up doing each other. Oh, please don't end up doing each other.
3: 90% of the time.
1: It is the lamest, shallowest relationship dynamic. And I have to imagine, even if you see them happy with each other when the credits roll... They're not going to be happy with each other six months from now.
3: It, it, it's, it's a weird dynamic, and it's always late, and this is a lame one. And so that was that going on, and there there are several subplots. Another subplot is Sisko proposes to Cassidy, and there's a brief moment where they almost seem to actually like each other. But as usual, the Sisko-Cassidy, both the actors are fine, and when they're doing other things, they have plenty of chemistry, just not with each other. They, they just seem to be one of those couples that doesn't seem to really like each other much. It's not that it's not that you get the idea they hate each other, it just seems... It, it, they almost seem like in-laws who see each other once or twice a year. It's just that distance, not even so much an awkwardness or uh, loathing. And at the very end, well, first we get some blunt force, expositional trauma oh, all, that's man. reminding us all about Cisco and his mother and, and I think at the it beginning is, of the season. It is
1: beating you upside the head with... In case you weren't paying attention at the beginning of the season, here's what you'll need to know.
3: It's, it's the worst. It's what we call as you know, because they might as well it's be saying as you know.
1: Yeah, it's two characters talking to each other about things that both of them know, which I understand that especially in a speculative fiction uh, piece of work, you've got to give exposition. You've got to tell people what's going on. But it this was a bad way to do it. To frame your exposition in a way that makes sense within the world.
3: Well, that's why it's always good to have a new person who doesn't know the situation come up and have it explained to them.
1: I yeah, it's 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 good if you can have a new person to have, because I don't come home and say to Matt, "Hey Matt, do you remember how my sister had that baby a couple weeks ago?"
3: Yes, yes, and she was named Cecily, as I recall.
1: Yeah, we don't do that.
3: Uh, no, yeah, he, people, and it's just, it's very clunky, and all it does is it sets up again the information we already know, which is Cisco's biological he, he the woman he thought of as his mother was a stepmother. His natural mother was possessed by a prophet. So that he would be eugenically bred, because apparently something about his dad and her were the perfect genetic match to make Cisco. It was a really dumb plot line that really never pays off. The closest it does is, we have an explanation why this particular prophet appears to him pretty much throughout the rest of this arc. Every time he talks to the prophets, he's talking to this one. But you don't need it to be one prophet. That, there was no point, and the only real twist of this is, they're going to get married, and she says, you guys can't get married because your destinies lie on different paths, and if you marry her, you'll know nothing but sorrow. Um, you know, it's it raises a potential question about, because as we saw at the very beginning, Cisco is a full-fledged believer now. He's faithful, he, he obeys the prophets, he trusts them, and yet, he, and it, and they, keep in mind, This is a guy who, at the end of Season 6, defied the Prophets and lost his friend as a result. And you would think, if anything, now he'd be like, oh, I don't dare go against it. But no, it's like, I love her, I'm going to marry her. And, you know, it's not like it serves any character purpose. It's just so we get some ominous warning. Um, You know, he doesn't learn anything from this. Everything that's going to happen happens regardless of this, not because of this. Um, It's not that important And it's it's a shame, because it could be important. It could be valuable.
1: Well, and then we see how apparently, you know, as you might expect, the emissary getting married is, you know, top banner headline for
3: every Bajoran tabloid. Well, well, imagine this. Imagine if uh, the president was single and was going to get married. Yeah. Now imagine if it was the pope, and it was a pope of the entire planet at that.
1: But... Here's what I'm confused about is, how
3: did this news get out at all? Yeah, I can believe rumors would get out. I,
1: I know that they're not exactly being secretive about it. They're sitting at the lunch table discussing wedding well, plans. Well, he's
3: talking with Jaguar being his best man right in front of everyone. So
1: True, but that's... I'm just thinking to myself, how did this piece of information get started so reliably <laughs> when they don't seem to have made any sort of... Announcement.
3: Right, and and the only other thing, which is this, is probably the strongest part for me, is we see more of Damar and we see Wayun and how they're constantly bickering. Damar is feeling really, really bitter because Cardassian casualties are piling up, Mm -hmm. and the Dominion just seems more and more willing to sacrifice Cardassians, um, throw them aside, not give them anything, invade their own land. uh, All these things, Uh, we find out the disease is still ravaging the Founders. Um, we find out that the, the female changeling is in secret communications with someone we don't know who. We'll find out shortly.
1: And we find out about Dukat.
3: Yeah, Ducat has shown back up again, and this is going to be the rest of his arc, and he had himself surgically altered to look like a Bajoran. And credit where it's due, he looks very different when he's not in his makeup. So it, it, it will become believable when he goes underground disguised as someone else, you know, like, how you know how could Adolf Hitler go around Jerusalem in the late 40s and not be noticed? Well... They
1: we had a really good plastic surgeon.
3: Yeah, and so it's the same idea there. Uh, one bit about this that's really good, the first time we see their scene, they make, in like one or two lines, they reference what was at that time a pretty recent movie, Star Trek Insurrection, and some facts about that. And then he mentions that this particular place's location has been revealed. And he says it with an ashamed sigh. And I realize that's the place that the other way you, the one who defected at the beginning of the season, that he told them about.
1: Yeah, it's a really dense and excellent piece and of it's never expl- fan service. That it's, if you get it, you're like, oh! And if you don't, it just passes you by. It's just more war talk. Yeah,
3: and that's great world building right there because it adds detail, but if you don't get it, you don't need to get it. It's just that if you know these things, you know. and I think that was one of the advantages of, say, the Star Wars prequels is when they would make references to something that was part of the larger established universe mm-hmm. instead of just a brand new thing. It was like, oh, let's reference Alderaan instead. It's like, oh... You know, it's just that little thing that adds scope and reminds us that these events are connected, Uh, you know. But that's about it. Like I said, this is mostly, you know, laying seeds for the future.
1: A lot of setup. Payoffs coming. So, Oh, and and Ezra and
3: Worf got captured by the Breen, of all people. And the Breen are a race that we've heard mentioned, but we've never... No, we did see them at the very beginning. They were the ones who had taken Zial as slave. Mm-hmm. Uh, many years ago, and you know, we've seen every now and then seen one or two, but they're a very mysterious race that just keep to themselves. So, that I forgot about that to you too. and that's all. So, we'll see you next time for Till Death Do Us Part.